Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. I'm Dave. I'm Tinzian. And this is Death to Four Dishonor. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm too tired for this shit. <laughs> Annihilation, Jim. Total, complete, absolute annihilation. The gravity is so much stronger on the southern continent. Are you sure she doesn't have to spread friendship and magic? It's part of her daily morning routine. That's <laughs> uh, 12th level, I think. Not even whisper or utter my name in your last moments. <laughs> that totally defeats the purpose. Cesar, do you have any sun rods still, or <laughs> bring out your rods, old man? Private confrontation. Not like that. Maybe some discipline. Had his hands in all of Cesar's junk for six. <laughs> oh wait, that's not what I meant. <laughs> wow, we have a title. That's wrong. That's really <laughs> wrong. What? We need dice for this game? Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Florian. I'm Kevin. And I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is what? Is this Friday, the 2nd of January? now 2015 and this is episode 163 in a kind of weekly series following a group of friends playing dungeons and dragons hosted by the gray area podcast so last time which was two weeks ago technically we had uh the fortree rejoin us which is awesome yay fortree so mithrin uh showed up in the forest looking all wretched thanks and, yeah <laughs> Looking all wretched and old. And so I'm going to let Tinsian catch us up on where we are currently. So Dungeon Master, take it away. Well, you pretty much caught up us all, so I'll just take a few administrative notes here. Happy New Year. And I'm sorry if my audio quality tonight sucks, but uh, for since the uh, New Year's Eve, I've been out with a sinus infection. So if I start hacking or whatever, I'm, I may be alive by the time this releases. All right, you so... The party left the Lizardman encampment with some expeditious speed due to the fact that, um, sorry, Carl's box was causing some issues Mm -hmm. in terms of dumping out a corpse and an arm and this and that. And it was eventually destroyed and thrown into a fire. And that fire happened to be in front of Mithrin who Xanatari eventually realized, and Cesar kind of had to decide if he owed Mithrin money or not before <laughs> deciding there's any recognition. Pretty sure he that, does. That said, um, party's now standing here. We haven't quite heard really any sort of story from Mithrin as yet, so we'll pick up with any questions that folks may have, and then we will move on from there if people care so uh florian you have not encountered this person before ever but what would you like to do oh you'll uh carl's gonna look at the sanitary and go oh you know this travel <laughs> uh sanitary is going to say yes uh well at least i did know him in in a previous uh previous year and he's very different so there's definitely a story here but yeah he was part of our party um had a lot of adventures with us at one time ages ago so yeah he's he's good he's a good guy don't worry about it he's friend okay so i'm going to turn to this one now and uh glad to you here good man uh, but why did you leave cesar and Santari in their quest for mighty mighty everything all the mighty and I think we may have lost Mithrin from the feed as appropriate he has abandoned both the party 
And Florian's awkward commentary. Yeah, and we also lost Cesar, so both of them just went off to have their own little private... Oh, there you are. I just dropped and rejoined my uh, audio. Okay. Something weird with my connection right now, but it sounds good to me right now. By the way, for those listening in the stream, we are joined, of course, by our co-GM, Freddy. And uh, those in the live stream will hear from purring. Those who are not, well, you should be in the live stream. Yeah, you should. He's not even purring right is. now, he's just glaring at me. Worst computer ever! <laughs> Probably Yay, not. Yay, Apple products! Yeah. Tell you, Apple too. It, it, it's actually the, it, yeah, it is. I, I had to take the floppy disk out again and take Oregon Trail off and then put it back in. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> so, I think it, dysentery. it should be good right now, but if Skype unexpectedly quits on me again, I'm going to unexpectedly put my foot up its ass. <laughs> so... Uh, Mithrin, Florian has a question for you. Please, ask away. <clears throat> well, it's good to meet you, uh, fellow traveler Mithrin. But why did you leave uh, Miss Santari and Mr. Cesar? <laughs> I don't know why you're a loser and you abandoned us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, it wasn't really of my choosing, let's say that. I don't even know honestly why I was taken. In fact, I never even learned the being's name that took me away. It was Liam Neeson. That jerk! <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I never even learned his name. Uh, in fact, I was unconscious during the whole part where I was taken, and then when I woke up, I was in a very, very dark, cold place. Was it metallic, saucer-shaped, and your butt kind of hurt? Oh, God. It, it was not, actually. <laughs> I <would> have, <laughs> honestly, I would have preferred that at that point. Um, <laughs> let's just say torture is too flimsy a word for what happened afterwards. Yikes. Okay. So Carl's going to pivot around, a very puzzled look on his face, and raise an eyebrow and say to Santari, if he was taken away against his will, why didn't you rescue him? This is a good question. Yes, Anatari, why didn't you rescue me? Um, <laughs> right, and now Anatari's going to have to remember what happened in episode 30 of, like, two years ago. And That'll clear how... it needs more memory. And how, um, <laughs> there was an unexpected error in Windows, yeah. and I wasn't able to remember exactly what happened. As... No, I, if I, if I uh, remember correctly, this is obviously out of character, uh, there was a valiant attempt by the party to save me, and sadly, the being that was, that was taking Mithrin away was too, too powerful. It actually put paralysis on most of you guys, so you couldn't even move. Is this so. when you came out the, the something came out of the doors in the tower, like is that, and then drug him away. Was that what happened? Yeah, and then down into a portal. Yeah, we couldn't yeah, follow. It was, it was the that big battle um, in the seven pillared hall. Yep. Um, with the the door that opens up every so often and just spews out drow and things like that, I believe. <laughs> in that battle where everything was like, it was like a hundred years, but it was one year or something. Something like oh. that. Okay. I think so. Very chaotic, yeah. Okay. I have no notes but on what happened there. You guys, you, the, the party valiantly tried, but the being that took Mithrin away and threw him into the thing was just too too powerful. Let me put you this way, Mithrin. Did you do your research and listen to the last 50 episodes? Anyway, oh. anyway, Fortree. Because, maybe. Because, because if you didn't, then neither did we to go back and try No, we to totally don't remember. Like, I thought this was at the tower where... I, I may have listened to most of them. I you don't remember your own tragic demise? I thought this was more I'm only interested in what happens to myself. So. Of course. Yeah. I thought it was more the tower than the battle, but sure, we'll do the battle. Either way, there was a portal. Sure, I'm pretty sure it was during the battle. Well, I, we, I, we had the door, and and I have a note. I'm looking at my notes, and I have nothing about the battle, of course. But um, <laughs> it was uh, actually a note uh, here. If I was to recreate the scene, as was put on there, is that a being with a crown of thorns walked out and had me in his claw as he was just carrying me towards the portal. Power. And that, or no, I think it was a portal in the floor. Yeah, hmm. it was that. It was like a vortex in the floor, and then he dropped me into it. Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. You guys were right. Because at the tower, 
Mithrin saw slash heard a tavern. It was his family's. And then a demon hand yes. closed the yes. door. Yes, yes. That's, the that's what I'm remembering, that. too. Okay, good. Yeah. We're good. Because he followed that. And I think uh, some alternate uh, version of Thorn ran after him and, get, uh, and went, well, get us covered, no problem, wait for me. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Perhaps. This has all been shared with Xanatari's uh, mind link, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> Ding! Knows. Everyone knows. By the way... Xanatari uh, just has the podcast archive in her. <laughs> exactly. In, in episode brain. 53, at uh, 2 hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> I shocked someone. At two hours, 54 seconds, I shock someone. Hey, now! <laughs> um, Florian, uh, actually, uh, Mithrin, you will realize over once the mind link is established that uh, Carl, who is played by Florian, is a very blunt, very direct fellow. In fact, what he's thinking is pretty much what comes out of his mouth. There's no filter. So it's very obvious that he's kind of the direct sort. I, I appreciate that. And uh, very much so. And at this point, uh, Mithrin's going to like kind of stand up to put another log on the fire. And uh, accidentally at that point, um, his cloak that he's wearing gets kind of snagged on the log that he's sitting on. And it comes off, and you can actually see he's not wearing any armor at all, but his entire torso is basically scars upon scars upon scars upon scars upon scars. Like, there's basically no skin left, but it's just just scars. And then he'll go, uh, and sit back down. Like, now I have to explain it, I suppose. You at least have pants on. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it does have pants on. Okay. It's, pants it's on and pants then the Pants made two... of scar tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> scar tissue from other things. Because that's a different type of scar face than what we're allowed to do on this podcast. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. No, but he's the only thing he's wearing is basically these, these two big black... Uh, van braces that go, you know, up his entire arm and then, you know, obviously pants and the cloak and some very simple shoes. Zentari's going to be appalled at seeing this and completely shocked because we've seen some crazy things and uh, and some bad stuff and this is completely, like, out of the realm of, you know, what she's used to seeing. So she's going to kind of take a step back and be flabbergasted is a word. It's a good word. You, uh, been through quite a lot there, Mithrin, I'd say. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's about right. And then I'll just pick up the cloak and put it back on. Perhaps we should get a more thorough history. If you feel like it. I don't know if that's something you want to <laughs> relive, <laughs> even through the telling of it. But, uh, I, uh up to you. I kind of think that his, um, you know, Wikipedia page is not up to date or something. <laughs> <laughs> this part is not in there. Yeah, he's updating. Uh, I actually, he's going to kind of go. I'd, I'd rather not speak about what happened down there too much, other than to say I don't know why I was taken. They never spoke to me. Um, it was actually you. You get this picture of like places of torment being loud and fire, and this place is actually completely cold and silent. There's never a noise, and uh, they. One of the tortures that they do to you, apart from the physical things, wherever I was taken, was that they strip your memories. And I lost quite a few of my memories. I don't remember much of my childhood anymore. Um, the, a lot of the stories are completely gone. Um, but I did manage to hold on to some of my sanity by realizing that they would go to the memories that were at the top of your mind at that time. And so I would just invent my own quote-unquote history and think about that until they came and stripped it away and then I would come up with another one so that's how I even still know who I am right now it sounds like you are were pretty well equipped for for that type of a defense knowing uh you from before at least shockingly I think that was that was exactly correct I I don't know why I was taken that's the one thing that really vexes me to this time I, I can't figure that out I don't know if it was something that is in my lineage or if it was just something that is done to people at the whim of these demon, miscreant, whatever they are, whatever. Well, um, I, I don't know if you want to 
discuss if you escaped or you just suddenly found yourself free or whatnot. But uh, if you do, that's fine. But regardless, how about, you know, after that? Has it been long since you've been enduring what that was? Uh, have you? Did you seek us out, or is this just mere chance that we uh, come across each other again? Um, I actually did seek you out. Um, I had heard rumors of a party of adventurers going in this direction. It sounded like you guys. There was enough carnage behind. That <laughs> I'm like, that sounds about that right. And then there was all these pregnant women. And I'm like, that sounds like Cesar. So I just followed along, and eventually, apparently, I got ahead of you. Um, but no, I've, I've, I would... I don't even know how many days, months, or anything I've been out. Um, I did manage to, you know, steal these clothing and uh, I actually uh, got these uh, van braces from a armorer who I was able to strike a deal with as far as uh, I will come back and in about, I don't know, I think he was saying three to five years because he was getting old and he wants me to write his story. And so he traded me these for that so in three years I should probably go back oh, a trusting blacksmith <laughs> he's an old dude I'm not saying he was all together with it but hey don't look a <laughs> gift don't look a gift blacksmith in the mouth exactly um Zitari's just listening to all this and uh being the somewhat jaded and slightly bitter person that she's become over the years of Dealing with death and his his concierge, uh, <laughs> and all the other stuff, she's going to worry uh, about how he escaped because um, anything that messes with people's memories in their mind is pretty much like the most awful thing that like any callous shark could ever think of, and you know, just wonder if there's some sort of taint like lays on him that could somehow spread to them. Or, you know, if there's, if he's carrying, if there's a reason that he escaped, that is perhaps more nefarious, not maybe even like of his knowledge. So, um, still like somewhat guarded and especially of like her thoughts and everyone else, you know, around her. By the way, uh, there is a technique within the Kalish tar that, um, you might be able to apply if you wish down the line. You could actually feed him memories. I was wondering if, like, if they were that close, where there would have been like any kind of exchange that way, where you know she would have known, like, at all, perhaps what you know, maybe some of his past would be that she could give to him. I was wondering about that. Well, it's more more for the um, the adventure's sake and what you oh, guys I see. done like together. what we did okay well i don't it sounded like just his childhood was missing i'm not sure yet we haven't really delved into the depth of his memory loss yet but no you are you have not so-called backed up his operating system or <laughs> files or so or anything like that but the shared experiences um because he's that kind of close in you know in in forgotten realms we don't use google drive we use elven drive so that's that's where i put my stuff <laughs> Although it doesn't interact well with the realm of men, does not. Lots no. of clouds, though. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to go deep, though, uh, we need to get uh, dwarf drive. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Um, at some point, that is appropriately spooky enough for you, um, Zanatari. While you're saying that, uh, the fire pops and crackles. It makes a pop and crackle. It's like there's something, you know, snapping. Great. Rice Krispies. <laughs> it's no snap, though. Just, pop <laughs> just crackle. crackle and pop. Okay. Just a, hi- just a highlight, whatever. Right. You know, appropriately. Right. <laughs> okay. The wolf howls in the distance. <laughs> oh, by the way, Mithrin, um, you are probably face-to-face with uh, a dire wolf as well. Right, yeah. And everybody in the group looks like they have progressed quite a great deal forward from the last time you saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are not here. Some, you know, changes have taken effect, apparently, and everyone can kind of read it on their faces. I say you all look very uh, experienced. 
<laughs> Sanitar looks slightly yeah. offended. Yeah, you should be. Like, I'm not the only one who looks older. Everyone looks like they've been through something. I think and, you're the, uh, the winner there in that category, though. Well, I don't know about that. Everyone has their own trials. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm actually interested in this direwolf, though. I would actually like to stand up and like go and just like look it right in the face. Oh. Um, how is Winter reacting to Mithrin? Um, Winter does not know Mithrin. However, it is not treating Mithrin as a uh, an unknown for some reason. Either there's dealings with a future Mithrin, or the fact that you are being somewhat calm yet guarded around Mithrin is kind of giving some capital to to him. Okay. Um, so this is a beautiful animal. Zenitari would smile and kind of introduce Mithrin to Winter um, and, you know, try to try to make him, both of them, more comfortable, I guess. Um, assuming that Mithrin's not afraid of anything because he's been hurt plenty of times and seems fairly tough, you know, she assumes he can, you know, take, take the gigantic stare of wool. Okay. Um, Cesar, are you still on the mechanical squirrel? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know where it is, though. <laughs> yeah, we kind of left our mounts, like, that was assumed, I think, that we took them, right? I mean, we came up out of the ground area, and there was, our mounts couldn't fit in there, so I assumed we got them back. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if you'd swapped out for something in the last couple episodes or whatever. <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> okay. So, Mechanical Squirrel, it looks like Xantari uh, is actually riding the... has Winter equipped to ride. Um, there's no... Uh, Clyde, the wonder-stupid horse. <laughs> about. <laughs> and uh, Carl appears to be on foot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be joining Carl, so... <laughs> we'll be walking. By the way, Carl, whenever you turn your back on the fire, there's a pop and a crack from the fire, as if that log uh, was especially dry. Oh. Mithrin put on. But it's appropriately timed. Carl watches the fire very, warily and takes a gulp and uh, goes on. Mr. Cesar, please tell me it's not a box doing mischief again, <laughs> even in the fire. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say it's not possible. Uh, take a look. Uh, I guess he would try to see if there's anything like that going on. How deeply do you look into the flames? <laughs> um, uh, as deep as possible without singeing my glorious bushy eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> um, the flames appear to be flames for a bit. But either just due to the harried nature of things or whatever, um, you almost see elementals and the jinn and Afrit dancing within the fire. I almost do? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the, the, the flickering flames are almost kind of coming together like a picture. But if you look at it hard enough, it suddenly just becomes a bunch of flame. Okay. They're vaguely female, I guess. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> They're vaguely female in nature. <laughs> vaguely. <laughs> um, and that goes on for a moment, and then kind of fades away. There doesn't seem to be anything malicious to the fire. There's okay. the bit of the box still burning. There's that big log that's on top. Um, some sap is coming out of it that seems to be popping and crackling here and there. Okay. Um, Mithrin, is this a, just a standard fire, as far as you're aware? Nothing fancy as, or, or... As in, it started with wood and fire, yes. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. imbued with uh, anything odd or 
I don't I don't know what you've been through. What have you been smoking? Well, uh, yeah, I well, no. I um haven't been smoking anything fun. And uh no, I I this is just wood that I found nearby here and I used my flint and tinder to start this fire. There's nothing magical about it. Okay. Just thought I I maybe saw something. It may be due to this weird box thing that we burnt um look like some sort of I don't know. Yeah. I'm a little bit curious why you would bring with a box a distance that you obviously have traveled only to burn it at a fire. What What's up with the box? Well, um, it's, it's Carl's box. I will say that. It's it's his. Um, it's, it's been uh, giving us some trouble. It's not... Your your typical well, it, box, uh, but but it's a box. <laughs> Zenador is like shh shh shh. <laughs> Don't speak of the box. <laughs> okay, so so Carl, if this is your box, what is why why did you just bring it here to burn it? What's with this box? By the way, there's a few more appropriately timed uh, pops and hisses from the fire whenever the box is mentioned or otherwise. I would like to, you know, as a storyteller and someone who understands cadence, I would like to know, like, it, does it pop and hiss every time the word box is spoken? No. Only okay. when you right. either most expect it or least expect it. Oh. But in the We've way got that competition works, here. But All in right. the way that works best for random chaotic choice, so you don't know if it's actually something going on or not. Very good. <laughs> these, these pops sound very chaotic neutral <laughs> so very <laughs> so anyway I was saying uh, uh, Carl what's up with this uh, box and uh, why did you choose to burn it oh that's a but a long story you know there were these uh, we were in the forest and there were those really scary crawling hands and we stomped on them until they didn't move anymore and then there was a giant man out of wood and he was flaming and he fell over and inside of him there was this box and in the box there was much more stuff than could fit in the box the box was bigger on the inside he's <laughs> kind of wide eyed now and staring at Mithrim and <laughs> Checking for signs of disbelief. I'm, I'm seeing his. I'm I'm looking at Carl and seeing like his sincerity, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. He's so sincere. I, I love this guy. Okay. By the ahead. way, he, d- he does have the epic feat of doesn't take a breath while explaining the story too. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And <clears throat> he continues, and um, Mister Mister and Miss Cesar took the stuff out of the box was uh, I think it was armor and weapons and stuff and, and, and I got a bracelet very nice and then I thought it's a rather handy box because it's a set bigger on the inside and I took it with me and uh, tried to make it my my sleeping box because it was warmer in the inside than on the outside and <laughs> that at uh, one time it uh, shrank by itself but it was still as as um, as big as the inside as before so I could climb in and just had my head look out it was really great and then it began um, vomiting out some very scary and dangerous things like corpses and <laughs> such and okay then I didn't I- want it anymore I I understand the burning now. Um, I'm a little more interested why anybody, and I'm assuming Cesar and Xanatari had something to do with this, but why anyone fighting a giant wooden man, when they find a box on the inside that has craziness all around it, would say, like, let's bring it with. (laughs) It sounds like a bad idea. I think you were misled, Carl. (laughs) I think these two are a bad influence on you. You stay by me. We'll be all right. Okay. okay. I'm saying this. I'm, cool I'm saying this here. jokingly. I'm looking at them, kind of joking. So it's not. I'm not serious. But <laughs> out of character, by the way. Uh, as a reminder, this is a metal golem that uh, uh, Caesar had created, or appears to have created. Future Caesar, right? Ostensibly. Yes. What is metal? Powered by a box. Mm. Sounds well, it wasn't like something. Necessarily powered make. by it. 
I don't know. I, I got I got this uh, this sweet crowbar from inside of it. I don't really know what it does yet, but uh, it at least hasn't spewed out weird body parts. So this is one more thing out of character. I can say that just about like anything that I go anywhere and find, I can like just pick up like a. I don't know. Uh, it's a PVC pipe or something like that, and be like, "This thing's pretty sweet." I don't know what it does yet. <laughs> pretty sweet. I'm taking it with. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> FYI, if you're reading the feed, um, it says it says the box had three small elves on the front with some sort of cold rice-based breakfast. It was branded <laughs> with a large red red K. <laughs> Obviously, it was made by Carl. That's obviously, uh, it was meant for him. Makes Rice Krispies. Oh my god! <laughs> They're magically dubious. Xantar is going to say, "Well, it's more complex than that." But yes, yes, it may not have been the wisest choice. Carl's very attached to his box, and at first, it was good. I, okay, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to uh, uh, be mean to anybody or, like, make, doubt your choices. I wasn't there, so I don't know. Um, but I, I'm just, I, I, it seems odd to me that you would bring this powerful, magical thing, this amount of distance, and then just try to destroy it. And then, obviously, the way Cesar is inspecting the fire as if it was, you know, one of his uh, um, magical video things he watches um <laughs> there's something weird going on and and i'm i can't be the only one to notice all the pops and crackles and sizzles and stuff there more than wood should make at this point because this wood was fairly dry when i put it in it's not super wet or anything uh well, I, is I still just it. go ahead <laughs> it's a stupid thing go ahead I, I think he kind of left out the Im- important part, which is that, uh, you know, this, this box basically is trying to follow us. Once we realized it, it wasn't kind of uh, doing what we wanted it to, we, we thought it might have, still have some power. So uh, before we got into the uh, encampment there with the uh, the lizard people, we uh, we buried it. Uh, and then it just happened to just show up in his room. And uh, so, uh, you know, rather than leave it there again for them to discover, we took it with us and... Uh, Thought we might just chuck it in the fire here. I I don't know if it's gonna do any good, but uh, uh, you know we'll, we'll give it a shot. When we first picked it up, we didn't realize it was gonna be so weird. So magical, Tardis-like box that follows you like a puppy. Well, after we tried to get rid of it, it started to get nasty, and that's when the corpses appeared. All Which right, may have well, been a coincidence. May <laughs> may, 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 may not, not be. be. This is getting to be a very, very, uh, like, I'm starting to wonder why I caught up with you. Um, <laughs> do you not remember what it was like to travel with this party, Mithra? I, I do, but I don't remember it being, like, magic boxes that spit out corpses and a a very nice, sincere young man who is being, uh, you know, harassed by an, a, a box that is trying to put him into harmful situations. This is just a... Yep, it's new. Cesar did it. I'm just. I'm betting he did it. Well, I, you mean I will have done it? Well, That's yes. possible. Oh yeah. Well. Well, we all know that, that Cesar that loves box. Remember, Whether it's a wet box or dry with... box or cured box, box is box. <laughs> Cesar, Cesar has a reputation to uphold. Mm. Right, but uh, you you at least probably remember. Uh, maybe you don't, I guess. I don't know what's been taken from you. The issue we have uh, in terms of what tense we use to refer to things. Yes, that's, I do remember that, and it's very that's still... complicated. Yeah, that's that's still the case. Yes. I'm just going to refer to everything in the present tense, because it's a lot easier. Um, so, whatever you're going to do in the future, Cesar, I'm going to blame you for now. Perfect, that's how when I go. When I am a child, I <laughs> am very short... That's right. Yes, you are. And and when you are older, when you, I, when are you, boy, uh, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I've been bested by an old man. By the way, Zanatari. Mm. 
at the end of this discussion, um, you're going to feel like there's something over your shoulder, like within that group mind space. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, Bert has tried to work its way in. You're getting a feeling that there's something there trying to get in, but it's looking over your shoulder. Is it Bert? It's not Bert. Okay. But it feels like you've had this happen before. Okay. Um, Xanatari is going to uh, turn to Mithrin and be like, if I recall, there was a man who was rather attached to a stick at one point and, uh, you know, had some trouble letting go of that. It's it's very true. Yes, I I will. Uh, I will give you that. And at the same time, um, I don't regret that it's gone. Let's say that it was something unnecessary since the, the stories were all kept in my mind anyway. Um, but I do understand it's important for some people to have talismans and that sort of thing that they're attached to. And, uh, well, while she's saying this, she's going to kind of like keep looking out of the corner of her eye to see if she can catch like a glimpse of whatever this is. Um, am I going to think that it feels a lot like, uh, the dragon? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of finally putting these two things together in her mind, Xenotar is going to draw her sword and back up toward the fire. Okay. Uh, you back up towards the fire. Good. You can feel the heat from the, the fire. Uh, you still feel like there's something looking over your shoulder. Like from behind me? Still? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is all in the mind link sense. There's something trying to get onto the mind link. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying there was something literally standing behind her shoulder, like oh. the dragon did before, looking over her no. shoulder. Oh, but this is exact. The feeling you get is like the dragon looking over your shoulder. Like if you turn, were able to turn around enough, you'd see one of the eyes behind you somehow. Okay. So kind of spinning like slowly in a circle with her sword out, and I'm sure alarming everyone, uh, Xanatari is going to say, you know, kind of just announced everyone that, you know, look out. Okay. Um, as you do that, and as you are spinning around, you see coming out of a copse of trees in the distance um, a lizard man that is bearing two sort of, I don't know how best to put it, uh, lizard mounts. They're kind of like the flying ones that you saw, but they, these ones are ground only. Okay. And appears to be leading them towards you. Okay. Uh... And is this similar enough to the dragon uh, that I would perhaps have mistaken them for the dragon? Mm, no. Okay. Okay. Well, she's not as alarmed by those lizard men because we've met them before. We've stayed with them. So, uh, I mean, she'll point at them, but say, you know, I guess everyone's going to look at them because we can all see them. Uh, she'll point at them to kind of draw people's attention, but also say there's something else out there. Okay. By the way, this uh, particular lizard man is dressed entirely different. This one actually is in armor. Okay. Well, there was still a patrol out here from before that they sent. Although, at this point, we have killed, perhaps the box has killed several of their members, so that's why I'm not quite sure of the reception we're going to have. Um, <laughs> he did it! <laughs> no. I'm not without, he without, did. <laughs> without making any rolls or anything, um, you are in someone else's territory right now. I just okay. like the idea of saying he did it and everyone points at the fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, I have my sword drawn, so it's fine. Like, everyone's aware of these people coming around and I have my sword drawn, so I will also take Bert out because he seems to be excellent at translating. Okay. Um, Bert comes out but starts to hover kind of low. Seems to take a wider arc around you and Winter. Okay. Um, do I hear these lizard men speaking? The singular lizard man. A lizard man. Um, no, he does not speak. Kind of takes his time walking up. Um, stops, kind of glances in the direction of the, uh, the woods that he came out of. Mm -hmm. Trees. And also towards the sky, then towards you, and lets the reins fall from his hands before turning back around. And um, he's got leather armor on and stuff, and begins to sprint away. Okay. 
Providence has shown up and left you a melt, my friends. Mithrin and also I Carl. I was just about to say. Fortuitous. Free mounts. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No. I will. I will run forward and collect uh, both of them if they are still standing there, and uh, lead them back towards the group. Um, they protest a little bit, but eventually come along. Uh, at this point in time, there's something on the mine link. It seems to come from Mithrin, and I'm going to take creative liberty here. But sometime within the last day or so, because Mithrin's not quite sure how long he's been sitting at that fire. A traveler had passed in the distance and was on a mount, uh, some sort of horse, a very big horse, Mm -hmm. appeared to be armored up, cloaked, and took its time moving from, you know, across the the, uh, tundra ahead of Mithrin. Not close enough to make out any real great detail, but somebody has been ahead of time, here ahead of time. Or on the path before you, in the direction that you're going. Was it perhaps a masked, armored rider? It could be viewed as something along those lines. Okay, I will transmit such image. Oh, and also, um, the feeling becomes a little more insistent against the uh, group mind link. Okay, um, now the bird's out. Xanatar feels a little bit better, and I'm going to turn to everyone um, and say, we have a visitor who would like to get our attention, and it feels a lot like that dragon, Cesar. Um, okay. Uh, where? Uh, trying to get into our heads. Okay. Um, does it feel aggressive, or just sort of, um... I don't know how much control you have over it. I, 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 from the interactions we've had, I, I tend to kind of trust the dragon, though maybe that's a terrible sentence to ever say. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, could you, uh, sort of open it up, a, you know, like, uh, open it up a crack, keep the, uh, the safety chain on and slam it shut if, uh, we run into issues? Um, well, she does have, like, the instant, um, ability, you know, to protect Sort of the the mind to, if there's an attack that I can use an instant to stop that, but I mean I guess it's never been quite tested against near deific beings. However. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to close this down if a dragon decides to do something. But uh, yeah, I, I, I mean I, I don't know. That's, it's not that's an attack. What, sort of the feel, yeah, that's the the feeling that I get from this uh, this dragon is is that it's. Uh, Kind of on our side, or at least not not against us. So unless something's changed, I'm I'm kind of wanting to know what what the what she wants to say. Okay. By the way, for um, the out of character sort of description thing, um, at first it was sort of looked like the that eye that you would see, saw in the darkness mm-hmm. was kind of like looking over your shoulder. Now it's sort of like if you were to turn all the way around, you could imagine like, looking right at the dragon's snout at both eyes. Like, okay. it has now come down and... Okay. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to stop this, whether I like it or not. So I'm just giving you a heads up. A warning, if you'd like to be cautious. And, uh... And Mithrin's probably confused, but... Um... I've yeah. generally been confused for the last long period of time, so I'm used to it. Okay. I just I just roll with it now. Xanatar's going to say, Mithrin, I bet you'd like to write a story about dragons. I would, actually. Okay. Uh, I've, never met, I've never met one. <laughs> Prepare to meet one. And then she would sort of stop stop uh, fighting this dragon. Okay. Carl looks very happy right now. He smiles. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know of this dragon, uh, of this dragon yet, but I figure it's not an evil dragon because you didn't slay it. <laughs> oh, so it's a friend Carl. of yours. You're so <laughs> very optimistic. I like this guy. <laughs> okay. So, do you let it through? Yeah. Okay. Um, to 
Zenitari and Cesar, the mental image of the dragon, appears. It's kind of like there was just a convenient amount of shadow and smoke. And part of it appears, and you see the eye, a portion of the snout, and so forth. To uh, Caro, who's never seen a dragon before, this may just look like a jumble of sticks or a cartoon Crayola drawing. I don't know what. <laughs> However, Caro would view a green dragon in his imagination, because, again, he doesn't know what it looks like. Um, however, Mithrin, what you see before you is probably the closest thing next to epic legend. <laughs> um, if you could write a story and you were looking for a mighty beast, and this is how, you know, whatever classic literature does it, this thing is full 4K, high-definition, big-ass ancient green dragon. And all the fixings. <laughs> oh, the inner Tolkien me just like, <laughs> like had a little moment. Speaks yeah. to you. <laughs> and the whatever the image is, the image kind of swirls around and looks in and takes in all of you before going pretties. And it follows it up after a dramatic portion of time with a warning that there has been an attempted um, exodus from the prison that has been repelled, but a good portion of um, the lizard population, lizardman population in the area, has been decimated. Hmm. And warning that, uh, you know, there is much chaos and so forth about but uh, you get a feeling that you are urgently needed. But it is clearly a warning upon your life. Not from it, but the dragon seems to concede some degree of surprise that they got as far or did as much damage as they did. Zanatari is curious as to her opinion of the box. Also being a uh, uh, sort of unique magical creature. So I would maybe look at Cesar kind of questioningly and then sort of like make eyes at the fire, like. Cesar would look back and make eyes at the, the fire and go shrug, shrug, shrug. The dragon seems to also eye the fire and starts to back away, just like, you know, the, you can feel the conversation starting to leave, the connection starting to leave, but you hear the utterance that is perhaps one of the greatest calamities ever wrought by humankind upon the land. And with that, it kind of, you know, poofs out and there's nothing there. Great. We hear what? <laughs> Do we hear her say that? That's one of the greatest calamities ever wrought by humankind. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That, that phrase. Okay. Yeah. Zantari size. Typical, she says. So dragons don't like human fire? It could be they... way to the box. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, you made fire. <laughs> Dude. It's not like this is an end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> like, it comes out of your mouth. What a it's... great calamity. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'd like to inform that the co-co-GM Google um, was attempting to uh, find a crash spot up here. So. Um... Uh, you better not even let... Oh, no. no. It was done. It was done, but there was beeline. So, uh, yeah, apparently the dragon got enough off of the, at least knowing what's going on, or got enough off the group mind link to also notice the nudge-nudge-wink-wink towards the fire. Okay. Draw your own conclusions. I would say at this point uh, that, you know, just from experiencing the mind link with everyone else and having experienced the dragon thing, looking and all that, obviously the dragon can see through our eyes at any moment where we are. If 
it could notice what we were or what you guys were motioning towards the fire. So I would say we need to be especially careful of that if there is some kind of. Uh... I've never known any story of a dragon that ends up with, and the dragon hugged everyone and they went home and had dinner. So. <laughs> um, Santar is going to explain that, you know, usually. Uh... Usually I can sense when the dragon's around. It's it's very um, loud and powerful and obvious. I mean, not to say that it couldn't sneak up, but uh, there are ways of preventing uh, eavesdropping of that sort. So I wouldn't be concerned about uh, the dragon using you as some sort of a vessel of spying. Well, that's your expertise. That I will trust you in that because that is something I have I know nothing about. By the way, uh, speaking of that, Mithrin... Not in a spying type of way, but uh, there appears to be something caught suddenly on your cloak after the dragon's image has vanished away. Uh, I will look down and see if I can see what it is that is clinging to my cloak. There is a pendant that bears the same travel signature for the Green Dragon Empire as the others in the party have. That's very convenient. (laughs) Um, What... What is this, guys? I don't know what even this is. Cesar, Sanitari, anyone? It's a pendant. Can I just pitch it in the fire like you pitched your magic box, or what? Um, it's the <laughs> well, we all um, at at one point found ourselves uh, in possession of uh, some sort of, uh, I guess, a token from. I, I you know didn't wasn't didn't really realize it at the time, but uh, from this. Uh, the the dragon um i have this um this and he pulls it out which i I was actually just looking at the note for this um it's like a small clockwork figure um but it's very 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 well made it's got some uh emerald highlights i don't have the specifics up right now where did it go um uh but you could see it and uh so basically it it has it has jade eyes very like the mechanism inside is incredibly complex and it um and uh well i've uh taken it apart a few times and it tends to to reassemble itself does hmm. uh, xanatar you have uh, I, I don't remember something uh you know yes cool. you know, yes your, and it was yours. our way of summoning i believe the dragon if we chose to which was uh something we chose not to really ever use because it seemed a mixed blessing so what did Carl get? Carl hasn't met the dragon ever. Yeah, he was—he wasn't oh. around. I see. Unless okay. he has something unexpected on his person. Carl, check your person. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, then I will take this pendant and I will. Uh, I think for now, because, because I don't know what it does or anything else, I will stick it in a pocket. Um, in my pants and just put it in that pocket and I'm not going to wear it proudly or anything because I don't know what it means or what it does so far the only thing that I can understand about it is that it's a pendant don't throw it in the fire okay everyone else has interesting things that's great I'm putting this in the pocket I don't know what it does so okay what would the party like to do given that currently uh, I think all lines of interrogation for the moment have passed. Unless anything else, anybody else wants to dig on Mithrin? <laughs> uh, well, we sort of had an urgent uh, message saying we better get our butts down to the prison because, you know. Well, yeah, that's, and I've um... got a new, like, gecko horse over here. So. Exactly. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> You and Carl better, like, start practicing yeah. with your land-running lizard. It's just going to be a very odd experience moving from, you know, walking to riding on top of something that I normally would squash because I don't much care for lizards, really. Now, but... bear in mind, I've been good this entire episode. But as a musician, this is good because this is an amount that you'll be able to scale up on. <laughs> Don't even laugh for that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, he's got an epic tail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quadraphonic. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you guys uh, start to pack up and go, or what do you want to do? I, th- I think we're, at least, Cesar's still relatively packed up. I don't think we really uh, unpacked. We've only been really talking for long, and it doesn't sound like Mithrin has too much to his name at this point, though I may be mistaken. He may have a few steamer trunks full of knickknacks. <laughs> There's this porcelain have... cat collection. He's lost and, the shirt uh, off his back. I actually have, uh, you know, my own magic box filled with lots of crap. No, uh, I'm actually, I'm pretty much as you see me. I have no possessions other than a small, like, backpack that I'm carrying with. So, or a satchel, I should say. Hobo level one. You bet. No stick, though. Mm. That comes at Bindle. level two. Yeah. <laughs> level two. Upgrade. Bindle, get. <laughs> if you ever find that train from the uh, Christmas episode a couple years ago, you'd be able to catch a ride on that real quick. That's but only in the true. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after much fighting, that train was allowed. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah, I How think we're that? good to go. I think we're going to go, yeah. As the party departs, hopefully having practiced good fire safety and trying to (laughs) douse the fire as best as possible, the party heads off in the general direction that they believe they're supposed to go. Yes? Yes. Sorry, dramatic pause there for extreme sneeze. Anything (laughs) remaining in the fire? Huh? Or... uh... Is the fire completely burned down, or is something remaining in the ashes? Well, there's ashes, and depending on how well you guys take out the fire, uh, you know, depends on what's left. Carl's gonna poke around to see if it's the box is completely destroyed, or is there something remaining of it? It looks like it's pretty much destroyed. Oh, so you stomp the ashes into the ground, and not very... Contently. <laughs> okay. I think we should roll for who has to pee on the fire. <laughs> we have Does to the winner sh- get to or get to not? <laughs> I think it's the winner gets to not do that. <laughs> I think Zanatari declines. This is not a a like a matriarchy. I mean, this is a this is a democracy. Everyone's part of that. <laughs> Everyone yeah. must roll to pee on the mm-hmm. fire. As long as no. nobody has uh, bonus points for having asparagus pee, that would really stick up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and just just to go with the theme, I'm actually going to roll just to see if I actually get a one because that'd be hilarious. It would be. Yeah, like what'd you get? <laughs> one to go one. <laughs> oh, I got eleven. That's two ones. It is. That's amazing. All right, I guess I'll do it. We don't yeah. want to know. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll walk away. The, yeah, you have to do a number two on the fire then. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Actually, Mm-mm. that's. No. I don't know what that accomplishes. Well, if that box ever comes well, back, no one's touching it. It would let everyone know you've been here. That's for sure. <laughs> Cesar spore all over the camp. <laughs> that's an awesome word spore that's a good word you better hope that whoever it is doesn't mistake it for baked bread loaves oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh someone left baked potatoes in here who would do that <laughs> oh my goodness I don't think that's a mistake we're gonna make mm, no alright <laughs> devolved devolved yeah. show speaking of so, devolved we shall speak to evolved about an hour after the party departs the campsite, there is a rustling and movement within the campfire, or the remains of said campfire. Ashes begin to seep out of the fire, turn coil, and soon there is what looks like a snake made out of ashes, down to the details of the scales as well, being sort of like when you look at the burnt edges of wood. Hold on a second, gonna cough. Given enough time, a snake approximately six feet in length is formed. The tail, as it comes out for the last time and detaches from it, uh, begins to shake, and it looks like flaming embers, or whatever those motes are when you poke a flaming stick, come shooting out. It opens its mouth, revealing fangs that are actually two splinters from the box. 
And the eyes light up in some unholy sort of color. Way to go, guys. It was just a box. <laughs> now it's an animate object that's... Oh, this is not good. <laughs> um, moving back into the fire pit, it sort of rustles around as if hunting. It pulls out the arm of what appears to be a lizard man of some kind. <laughs> this one, covered in armor... Bearing the stains, perhaps, of rains from mounts that it has taken care of. <laughs> and proceeds to slowly and methodically consume and swallow the entire arm before heading off at speed in direction of the party. Sanitari. Mm. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> Take us out. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can find out more at death4dishonor.com. Find us on iTunes at D4. Or you can check out the Gray Area Podcast at genesee.com, where there are interviews with developers and other game-related people. Uh, stay tuned for next week, where we record every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern time on uh, twitch.tv slash genesee. And join us for our worldwide adventure. Uh, follow the on Twitch if you have not, and get an update for when we do stream. So bye guys. See ya. Bye. bye. bye.